Before we begin our study tonight, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. The Torah portion this week is really interesting. It covers diverse issues, including some challenging moments for the people of Israel during their time in the wilderness. And on one hand, the people are learning to be organized, to uh, be organized as a camp and to become a military uh, group. And they're also learning to follow the Lord, that they pitch camp where the Lord shows them. And then when the Lord moves, when the, when the cloud by day, the fire by night, presence of the Lord moves, they move with him, so they're learning about that. They're learning as well that they need a priesthood, and they need a priesthood because people sin, and people need help to make things right with God. The, the common tendency among all of us when we sin is to hide from God. Adam did it, we do it. And the priesthood has as one of its goals to help people who want to return to God, do what's necessary so that they can. So these are positive things and learning experiences, but on the other hand, there are a lot of dark moments that are covered in this week's Torah portion. There's a lot of complaining. There's a lot of hostility. There's a lot of accusations. And uh, there, there comes a point where Moses doesn't even know if he can take it anymore and he's feeling tremendous pressure and great weight and even says to the Lord, you know, they're not my people, they're your people. Yeah, that's a, that's a sign of trouble. But when I think about the problems, I realize that the problems have a common thread. They're problems of the heart. They start with the heart. When the people are disappointed or when the people are hopeless or when the people are even ragged, they're just worn out, they're tired, when they're hungry and thirsty, for instance, what becomes clear is the, that the people don't have enough character. They don't have the character to do what's right, to do what's good, even to do what's in their self-interests, and they just don't have the discipline. They don't have the commitment. They don't have the strength of character to overcome their own appetites, their own weaknesses, their own negative thoughts, their emotions, and they're tossed around by the whims of their hearts. And the problem is their hearts are dark. And their motivation is based on raw emotion and their emotions during those times are dark. It's a powerful picture, I think, as you read this week's Torah portion a powerful picture for us of what happens to us when we ourselves fall in this way. When instead of drawing close to the Lord and staying focused on him and trusting him with hope and confidence, we fall into a pattern of negativity that really closes up our hearts and our minds to God, expects the worst and then treats others around us as if they're the problem. And maybe the hardest thing to do, but perhaps the most important is to turn off the dark thoughts 
and to turn off the dark feelings. And it even, even the ones that seem rooted in the evidence of circumstance and present reality. Here's the situation, I should be worried. Here's the situation, it's terrible. We're eating this awful manna. I'm sick of it. I want some meat. I hate my life. That's what the people are saying. I had such a good life when I was a slave being beaten by taskmasters in Egypt, making bricks without straw, having our newborn children ripped from, away from their mothers and killed. Oh, it was such a good life. You know, it's such darkness and lies. Misinterpret the past and the present. Well, we see in this that the hearts and minds need to be directed to the Lord and they need to be open to God. They need to be open to his heart, to his thoughts and to his perspective because when hearts and minds are closed, it's difficult even to reason with a person. Maybe you've had that experience recently where someone's in a lot of trouble, but at the root is this, their heart is closed. And then you try to persuade them, even with clear logic and with a review of reality. How, how many can relate to this and the frustration and difficulty? It's hard to reach someone in that condition of having a closed heart. It's almost impossible for a person in that condition to have a clear perspective and to rally themselves to be strong and positive, even to hold on to the discipline and the values and the commitments which they have had and which are necessary for life. But I can tell you this, you and I can be praying for one another. We can be praying for such people that their hearts will be open that their minds will be open. Because when the hearts are open, amazing things happen. And in recent weeks, I've been hearing reports of great answers to prayer, that uh, family members, people in the congregation whose, whose family has have been going through great difficulties, family members whose hearts have been closed and minds have been closed and they've been making terrible decisions. Something happened and their hearts opened up and they changed course. And it may have had the appearance of a crisis of some sort or a difficulty that contributed to it, but what's so important is their hearts opened up and with that, their minds, and they started thinking differently, and they changed course because of it. And prior to that, with closed hearts and closed minds, there is no way they were ready to do anything different. When family and friends would try to talk to such people, they would resist, they would argue, they would shut down, they would close off, because they were already closed. Now here's what's amazing, it seems like we're in a season. This season after Shavuot, this outpouring of the Spirit on us is meant to be for the good of other people. It's, it's not so that we can exercise spiritual gifts for ourselves. We exercise spiritual gifts for the sake of other people. 
And I can tell you this, God is ready to open up hearts that have been closed. Now here's, here's the key, I think, that, um, that we need to have open hearts. And our hearts and minds need to be open to the Lord. And we need to be ready to do what the Lord shows us to do in, in the condition when our hearts are open. Because we can't be useful to people in areas of their need if we don't have first what they also need. It's not because we need to be better than someone, it's because we all need the same thing. We all need to be led by the Lord. The scripture says, uh, everyone who's led by the Spirit of God. These are really the children of God. To know about God but not to be led by him, this is uh, an awkward condition and none of us does well when we just know about God but we don't know him and we're not being led by him. I like to say that you can't give away what you don't have. And when you've gone through the awkward experience of having your own hearts opened up, it's a humbling experience, isn't it? I, I was telling Josh this before services. There was a time, it was probably close to 30 years ago, but I remember it very vividly. And I felt like I was surrounded by brokenness, broken people, difficult people, awful situations. And I was fetching to the Lord. And I said, why, why are all these broken people around me? I can't take it. Why, Lord? Why do you give me broken people? And the Lord spoke to my spirit. His spirit spoke to my spirit and said, I thought that you wanted to be a repairer of streets Restore of streets with dwellings, repair of the breach. <laughs> well, I felt a bit like an idiot at that moment because Isaiah 58 has been a guiding scripture for me. And I had prayed for years by that point, Lord, use me to restore, use me to repair. But I hadn't really understood this, that the answer to prayer of that kind is to get broken things and broken people that need help. I was looking for the work already done. You know, I wanted to like unpack something that was already ready, that needed no help. How many can relate to difficulty in life where you just don't understand why is it so difficult and then you realize you wanted to serve the Lord and you wanted to make a difference for people who really need miracles and help and God sending them to you and surrounding you by them even when you don't like them, even when you don't recognize. Well, when the Lord said, I thought you wanted this, I felt so foolish. I wasn't thinking clearly. I was evaluating everything based on raw emotion, not on my understanding of what God was doing and what he wanted to do. So who had the closed heart and the closed mind at that moment? 
moi. Yeah, and I had to say to the Lord, Lord, I really am serious about my commitment to Isaiah 58 and the restoration, the fasting that restores and the breakthroughs and spending myself on behalf of, of the broken. I really am serious and I'm sorry for complaining. Thank you, Lord. I started thanking the Lord for the difficult people in their difficult situations. Instead of just complaining, oh my gosh, or feeling the weight, because you know, Moses felt this. I think anybody in ministry can feel this. You feel like the burden is on you, and we falsely take the weight that doesn't really belong to us, it belongs to the Lord. He's the savior, we can't save people. If we try to save people, it'll kill us. So in that moment, I said, Lord, I want my heart open. I need my heart open. I need my mind open. I need to see things clearly. When I'm closed in my heart and I'm closed in my mind, it's as if my spiritual eyes are closed. I cannot see what's even going on. Now, if we're stuck in disappointment ourselves or we're stuck in anger or we're stuck in the negative feelings of rejection, just as those are just some examples, there are others, then we won't be in the right position to pray for other people. We won't be in the right position to even help other people. But when our hearts get open, when our hearts are open, we can make a profound difference and we can truly be a blessing to other people. We can bless other people and pray for them that their hearts would be open. Because everyone needs an open heart. When you seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. That's what the Lord says. And God's called us to, to pray for people and to bless them with open hearts and open minds. And I think sometimes we can get lost in the difficulties of the people around us, especially the difficulties that are affecting us through those people. And we are just praying about their problems and we're not praying about what they truly need, the openness to the Lord. And thus, we turn to the Haftorah passage, Zechariah chapter four, verse six, which Renee mentioned during the time of worship. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by power, not by force, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. There are a lot of ways we can try to move. We can move in the power that we have. We can move with the force that we can muster. And the Lord says, the things I really want to do can't be accomplished just by that. My spirit will accomplish. And each of us has to get to that place where we realize that the spirit of God is powerful. The spirit of God in us is powerful to be led by the spirit can change everything. Now I wanna to turn to uh, a portion from the book of Matthew chapter 14, 
which gives us, I think, a really vivid example of um, how, how being open to the Lord, open-hearted, and being open-minded to Yeshua, how this can produce powerful fruit and ministry and incredible blessings for other people. And I wanna walk through this passage and, and look at it in, in such a way that we grasp what's going on, but also that we could, we could contrast that to what could have been. So let's start Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. So when Yeshua came ashore, he saw a huge crowd. Pay attention to that detail, huge. Say that with me, huge. That means there are a lot of people. Not just a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people. And filled with compassion for them, he healed those of them who were sick. So let's pay attention to Yeshua at this point. His heart is filled with what? Compassion. He sees, he sees the people that are there. And it, he could have been overwhelmed. He could have thought, oh man, this is not what I plan to do today. I'm exhausted. I'm empty. I'm worn out. And there are so many of them. It's not always a blessing to have a lot of people around. Sometimes you just want to get away from them. Yeshua surely did. But at this moment, Yeshua looks at those people and he is filled with compassion. That's his response. His heart is filled with compassion. And because of that, he is able to heal those who are sick, who are coming to him. At this moment, his heart and his actions are working together and anyone could have made the case at such a moment, it's too much, it's too difficult, this is not a good time, I can't do this, I, I've been teaching all day, I need to stop, or I've been traveling for a long time, I don't have anything more to give. I remember once when Sandy and I were living in Kiev, Ukraine, a group of young people from the Chernoff Sea Messianic Congregation came to a conference in town and they, they asked their rabbi if they could come and spend time with Sandy and me. And, and they came to our place after the conference and part of me was happy to see them all again and another part of me wasn't. Another part of me thought, ah, oh, Ah, uh, I don't really have anything for these guys. But I asked them, what do you want? And, and they said, well, we want you to pray for us. And I said, nah, you, I need you to pray for me. And I explained honestly, I said, I, I'm involved with so many people right now, I don't have room in my heart for anybody else. That's the sad situation I'm in. I don't have any room to care about others. And I know their first reaction was, Oof! it was shocking to hear 
the person who they had come to to see, to hear him say that. But that's, I just said the honest truth. But, you know, when I told them that, I was being delivered from this sense of despair. I didn't have what I needed, but God could help me. And so I said to them, here's what I need. I need you guys to pray for me that my heart will be enlarged and that I'll have more capacity to care for more people because if God does that, then I'll be okay. And they gathered around me and prayed for me. These young people did. And they prayed sincerely. They took me seriously. They took my needs seriously. And they prayed for me. And you know what? My heart changed. And God answered their prayers. But I I was open with them. I wasn't putting on any airs with them. I just said, I don't have any more capacity but God can increase the size of our hearts. And after that, I can tell you, my heart grew in capacity to care for more people, to care about more people. You know that your heart's at a limit when people are telling you really tender and important things and you're wondering about what kind of pizza you can get. Or you're thinking, yeah, how long are they gonna go on? When you have that kind of reaction, (laughs) it's like, oh no, not another sick person. When that's your response, you've already exceeded your capacity. And what's the cure? It's not to run away, it's to run to him. And say, Lord, increase my heart, build me up, strengthen me, make this heart new, Lord. Give me more love. For your children. Give me more of your love. Give me more love for my family, for my wife, for those who are important to me. Yeshua at this moment is modeling for us uh, something very important. He allowed his heart to be filled with compassion. He allowed that to happen so that he could minister effectively to people. And by implication, we learn something. Without that compassion, he couldn't have ministered effectively the healing that the people needed. When our hearts are filled with godly emotion and our minds are filled with godly thoughts, we take action that's led by the Spirit. But when we're closed in our hearts, and we're negative and we're closed in our minds, we're also close to taking godly steps and good action that's going to be spirit-led. And the Spirit of God may want us to do something, but we're too tired or we're too unavailable or we're, we're too unconcerned or we're too angry or disappointed or whatever, and we just are not available. So that's Yeshua's story in one verse. Let's go to the Talmudim story, because it's interesting. As evening approached, the Talmudim, the disciples came to him and they said, you know, this is a remote place we're in. We're pretty far away from everywhere. And it's getting late, so it's time to send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy some food for themselves. See, they were making an assessment. 
they had a correct view of reality. There are a lot of people, they need to eat. We need to stop what we're doing so they can go and eat. It's late. We're far away. So let's send the people on. They can go buy food for themselves in the villages. That's a reasonable assessment. Don't you agree? Yeah. Even good to be surrounded with people who are thinking like that. Okay, you know, one step away, we need to be planning for what's about to happen. Let's wrap this up so we can do what's correct. Look at verse 16. But Yeshua replied, they don't need to go away. Give them something to eat yourselves. How big is the crowd? Huge. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Yeshua is still filled with compassion. He's been giving out love because of this compassion. He's been praying for people. They've been healed. Um, he's still filled with compassion. And he understands the situation. The people need to eat. The Publix is closed. No Publix there. And he sees this as an opportunity to minister to the people, but he sees this as an opportunity to engage the disciples in ministry so that they can learn to minister to people without the limits that they normally feel bound by. And so he says, they don't need to go away. Give them something to eat yourselves. Now I want you to notice this. The disciples are reasonable, but their hearts are still open. Look at this. They, they answered this way. Well, all we have with us is five loaves of bread and two fish. So at least they're not hard-hearted. They're not closed in their hearts and their minds. They, they're basically saying, well, we can feed them with everything we've got. We've got five loaves of bread and two fish. The problem is it's just not enough, but we can do that. Sure. And Yeshua says, okay, bring, bring them here to me. Now the people, his disciples are still open in their hearts. I want you to see this. They're still open. There's no evidence that they're closed. The evidence is they're open. If they were closed, I mean, they were accustomed to arguing with Yeshua when they were closed in their hearts and minds. They would just disagree. Now they're, they're trying because of their open hearts and because of what they've seen, they're trying to go along with him. And he says, well, bring the five loaves of bread and the two fish to me. And after instructing the crowds to sit down on the grass, now he does this himself. He says, okay, huge crowds, sit down right where you are. He takes the five loaves and the two fish, and then he looks up to heaven and he makes a bracha. And you know the, the bracha is to bless God. You say, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, and then you, you know, acknowledge what it is he's given. And 
And so he's praying like this, God, you're blessed. You've given us and you've brought forth bread from the earth. Uh, Maybe he made a blessing over the fish as well. But he's not saying, Lord, bless the fish. He's blessing God. Do you get that? Because that's the nature of a Jewish blessing. And at this point, we we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if you've read the story before, you do. But let me tell you, these disciples did not know what was going to happen. They did not have the advantage of being able to open up Matthew 14 and you know, thumbing ahead and saying, oh, hey guys, don't worry, it's going to work out fine. No, they were experiencing it. And Yeshua continues to exercise leadership, and he acts with faith and compassion, and he knows the amount of food is limited. But he takes that limited amount of food, and he looks to heaven, he blesses God, he thanks the Lord for what he does have what is there in front of them. And then he breaks the loaves and he gives them to the Talmudim who give them to the crowds. He breaks five loaves. Okay, so let's say that there are just 12 disciples with him. Each disciple gets less than half a loaf, am I right? Yeah, and what about the fish? 12 guys dividing two fish. Okay, one gets a head, one gets a tail. I don't know how they're dividing it. I don't know how they're doing it. You remember the old riddle for grade school kids? You've got 30 students and you've got four apples. What do you do? How do you divide it? Hey, you make applesauce. (laughs) Nah. The Talmudim keep their hearts and their minds open and they start sharing the food with the people because they themselves have open hearts and minds to Yeshua. And they're, they're thinking, okay, what's going to happen? This could be really interesting. We thought it was a good idea to go to the villages. Yeshua thinks it's a good idea to feed the people right here. Okay, now here we go. And they start distributing. The half a loaf here, the little piece of fish here. And look what it says. The people ate as much as they wanted. Isn't that wild? And they took up 12 baskets full of the pieces left over. They didn't have that much when they started. But after they fed this, what kind of crowd? Huge Huge crowd huge crowd, they had 12 baskets left over. Verse 21, those eating numbered, okay, now we get the final number. Numbered about, come on, who's got their Bible? 5,000 men plus women and children. (laughs) Okay, now, now you see just how open the hearts of the disciples were at that moment. Because they're looking at 5,000 guys, maybe an equal number of women and children. Let's just round up to 10,000 people. 10,000 people. And the disciples, you know, like, okay, five loaves, 
two fish, 10,000 people, one of him, 12 of us, wonder how it's going to work. And Yeshua says, thank you, Lord. Okay, guys, just start. And they start, and they start ministering, and they discover from this something about what God is able to do. They learn something about ministry. They learn something about provision. They learn something about keeping their hearts and their minds open to Yeshua. They learn something about what can be done when people with open hearts and minds act in obedience to God's instruction. And they learned also that they can minister in the power of the Spirit of God and yet it manifests at a picnic, at a spontaneous picnic. Years ago, Sandy and I were in Jerusalem and we were with a couple of friends and we were invited over to someone's house with a group of people. I, I think there were somewhere between 12, 15, I don't think there were 20 people, maybe 12 or 15 of us. And the couple that invited us over was an elderly couple. They didn't have very much. And they invited us all to eat. And they, it, I, I'm going to try to describe it as accurately as I can. They prepared the food they did have. And it was in the kitchen. And there was like some, some chicken pieces of chicken that were in a small pot. It was in some sauce. There was some rice and maybe there were some vegetables. And they said to everyone, serve yourselves and just take for yourselves. And we're thinking, we probably shouldn't eat anything. And I remember thinking, okay, we'll go last just because it's going to run out pretty quick. Well, the people before us went and they took a spoonful, a big spoonful of chicken and then rice and then vegetables. And then the next person did the same thing. And each time they closed, you know, like they put the pot, the lid back on the pot or pan that each of the items was in. And then the next person like opened it up. It was like a buffet. You know, you've seen buffets. It was like a home buffet. But one after another took food and then we were like there, and so we got in line, and you know what? In the pans, there was still plenty of food. I can't explain it to you. I can only tell you we experienced something like that. And I remember sitting down and, and somewhat, not skeptically, but uh, with the kind of curiosity that I have, I'm looking at everybody's plate like, how much food do they really have? And there was more food on the plates than there had been in the, in, in the pots and pans. It was very clear. And then, you know, as we're taking our food, there's still more food left. That really had an effect on me. I mean, I remember it now. It, it was probably 35 years ago, something like that. 
but I remember I wasn't interested in the mechanics or even the science of it. I was interested in the fact that we experienced it. And I thought, Lord, okay, you are able. You are able to multiply. You can multiply. Now, not everything can be multiplied, and you can't, it's not a magic trick. If you try to do it yourself, you'll probably find out you can't. But on, at that moment, on that day, at that time, with that group of people, with this elderly couple that didn't have much, but they were sharing everything, there was more than enough, and everybody got more than enough, and when all was said and done, there was more left over, it seems, than what they started with. And so when I read this story, I think, okay, this was for 12 or maybe 15 people, maybe even a few more than that. But Yeshua's experience and his Talmudim's experience was with how many people? 5,000 men and let's just say 10,000. Can you imagine the effect that has on you? Well, it has an effect if your hearts are open, if your minds are open, because then you can say, the Lord did great things. And I can tell you this, if your hearts are open and you pray for people whose hearts aren't, it's possible their hearts will open and multiply in ways that are amazing to you. Don't just rationalize everything. Don't just make your normal assessments that you're accustomed to. Don't just complain about the condition of this person or that. Don't think everything's impossible because you know what the reality currently is. Understand this. If your hearts are open and you are praying for people for their hearts to be open, when you see their hearts open, and you see that their minds are open, and you see that they change in their actions because of that, then remember this day and say, okay, Lord, you're great. You are awesome. You'll be encouraged. And your capacity to bless other people and to have an impact on them will increase in ways you couldn't even imagine. Lord, I thank you that you can... Enlarge our hearts. You can make us new. You can, you can pour out such blessings on us that our capacity to be a blessing and to minister to other people and to bear fruit can be increased far beyond what we currently think. And let it be, Lord, that in these days ahead that we actually each have opportunity like this to be led by your spirit and to do something that's beyond ourselves, but bears witness of you. I ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. We're gonna close with Aaron's blessing. Would you please rise? If you're standing by yourself, if you don't mind moving a little bit so you're not by yourself. Thank you, Mike, for joining me. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord lift up his face, cause his light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everyone.